episode of Michigan Soccer Central. My name is Robert Kerr here with you hosting the podcast for the source of all things Michigan soccer here in the Great Lakes State. Uh, Great to be with you. Lots of action with high school postseason for the boys and it was just the state cup finals over the weekend for the girls club teams. Um, Congratulations to all 12 winners this weekend out in Brighton. I'm lucky enough to be joined this week by one of the winning coaches, Doug Steinard of the Michigan Jaguars is on the show today. And uh, there's a great nugget about uh, uh, (laughs) what went through his mind and uh, his uh, celebrations of the winning goal in overtime on Saturday. We also are joined on the show by one of the most dynamic uh, players here in the Great Lakes State, University of Michigan midfielder Kevin Buka is on the show, and uh, he uh, comes on the show on the heels of two games over the last four days, a draw yesterday, and a big win over Wisconsin on Friday. Uh, it's a great, insightful conversation with uh, dynamic Wolverine, Vardar Academy graduate, and Oakland County FC player. Before we get there, this week's Team of the Week Michigan Soccer Central has teamed up with We Are Soccer for a weekly celebration of uh, teams in the Great Lakes State um, from great actions on the field as well as great storylines off. And this week, congratulations to the Ypsilanti High School boys side. Um, They had an amazing turnaround and they went from a Zero wins and 18 losses in 2020. And uh, just prior to the season this year, they hired former Monroe Jefferson assistant coach Nicholas Suarez as their head coach. And he's helped turn the program around in a hurry. And with a dedicated, hardworking squad of mostly underclassmen with just three seniors, entered the final week of the regular city, uh, regular season rather, uh, with a 7-4-1 and one record. So an amazing turnaround in just one season. And that's why they are the winners of this week's Team of the Week, brought to you by the uh, folks of the local soccer outlets here in Michigan. We are soccer and Michigan Soccer Central teaming up to celebrate uh, soccer here in the state and highlight some of those teams that you may not otherwise hear about, but there's great soccer happening everywhere. And that's what this podcast is for, and that's what all the uh, channels of Michigan Soccer Central about our shining lights on all the amazing things and storylines going on in soccer here. Also, before we get to our interviews, uh, there was some NISA action. Uh, Of course, Michigan with two teams in the professional ranks in the NISA over the weekend. Detroit City FC continued um, to get good results. They won away in San Diego um, two to one on Saturday and then up in Romeo on Sunday, uh, Michigan stars were, uh, victorious with a three, one win over Chattanooga that puts the table, um, somewhat as it was obviously good for the stars. Detroit city FC now with a 12 point lead over at the top over Cal United strikers with, but they have a game in hand. They could cut it to a nine-point margin, and uh, now stars on 19 points in fourth place in Nisa. Their games in the coming up the next weekend, Detroit uh, away to Stumptown on Saturday, and then Michigan stars go out to the West Coast for a nightcap against the LA Force. Next up, great interviews with University of Michigan midfielder Kevin Buka and Jaguars head coach and a man of many hats, but thoroughly up to his ears in soccer, Coach Doug Steinard. And we're back here on Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Robert Kerr here once again, and special guest with me now, his Michigan Jaguars 2003 girls team just won the MSYSA State Cup. Congratulations, Coach, and welcome to the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Doug Steinard. 
Thanks, Rob. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, so um, we just uh, having you hop on, uh, I was watching back to the stream and refreshing my memory on that game, and congratulations. Uh, what did you – you said you watched it back a couple times. Uh, what's your reaction to the game? Yeah, I've watched it quite a few times. Obviously, uh, pretty exciting to score in uh, – I think there was like four or five minutes left in the second overtime. I kind of lost track of time, but – um, it was a battle. Um, obviously, Nationals and uh, Henry uh, Steinwasher is a very good coach, and they're a very good club. Um, and it was an absolute battle. I think it was two teams that were really fighting hard and, and trying to score, and just nobody could. I think both goalkeepers played great. There was a crossbar and a post, and, um, you know, I was starting to starting to think about penalty kicks and we just found a way at the end there. Yes, uh, your side and the Nationals uh, Union 03 Girls Black, uh, an incredible match. Um, the first in a series of six at the Fieldhouse, uh, the uh, Legacy Center out there in Brighton. And your guys' match, like it went scoreless through till, till deep, like you said, but it was incredibly even and uh, really high level. It was an exciting match. Yeah, there's a lot of talented players on that team. Um, on both teams, it was uh, it was stressful for sure as a coach, but um, I'm sure as a as a neutral party or even a parent of either team it was exciting to watch. Um, it was a lot of back and forth and a lot of scoring opportunities. Um, I think both goalkeepers, like I said, played great, um, and we were just we were just fortunate uh, at the end there. Have you seen your team play better than that at all in your your time with them, or was that like their peak performance? Because I was I was very impressed. Um, you know we were we were good. I don't know if we were great. I think there's some more in it. We're we're really talented group. Um, every single player on that team is is good and getting recruited to to colleges. So, um, I think you get into a final like that, and it's obviously nervy. And this group of girls has been to several finals and haven't gotten over the hump. So this is big for them. There's definitely some nerves before the game. Um, you know, and I think a lot of, a lot of finals, um, you don't necessarily get the best performances out of both teams in terms of soccer. But I think if you talk passion and work rate and just, you know, flying around making tackles and, and trying to do everything they can to win the game, I think it was, it was an incredible performance and battle out of, out of both teams. I was uh, not in uh, very high competitive level at all. So, what does this mean? Like, I guess, how does a a, a club team, um, after jumping over or, or succeeding and um, finding success where they hadn't before, like, what is the reaction after that? Like, how do you, how do you celebrate? I guess. Um, I don't know. We got training tomorrow for the first time, so it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see the girls. I had to I had to kind of leave right at the end of the celebration. I had two other games that day, um, so. I'm excited to see them. The the biggest thing for us is it gets us into regionals um, in June, which is awesome. Um, you know, we just got to keep present. We still got several NLC games. We actually play nationals next Sunday um, in our league. Uh, so we got to turn around and play them again. Um, and we got to focus up. We're doing pretty well in the league right now. So job is not done. There's still a lot of soccer for us to to play throughout the rest of the fall and going into the winter. Then obviously the girls will go back to high school and then I'll get them again to uh, go to regionals down in Indianapolis. Well, that's the wild thing about soccer just keeps on pressing on that. That seemed like an incredible achievement, but uh, it sounds like it's just one step along the way. Yeah, um, it is. And it's, it's an awesome achievement. I'm really happy for the, the girls and the, and the parents and obviously the club, um, you know, but there's, you know, there's always another, another avenue, uh, another, another trophy to chase, another tournament to play in. Um, you know, we're in a recruiting stage for these girls as well. So trying to get them some college looks and, and all of that stuff. So as you know, soccer's become a, a year round sport and um, it's really, there's really no off time. <laughs> yeah, it definitely uh, seems that way. It's, it's incredible. The achievement on, on Saturday morning. Um, uh, tell us about the, You've you told me when we first spoke about all the various things that you do in the soccer world, you do more than I, I knew was possible. Could you um, tell the listeners about all the different um, positions you hold within in Michigan soccer? 
Yeah, so obviously I have a couple teams at the club, um, at the Michigan Jags. Um, also am one of the college recruiting coordinators at the club, just trying to help kids through that messy process. Um, I'm the assistant coach at Lawrence Tech with the, with the women's program. Um, I'm the head varsity coach at Rochester High with the girls. Um, I'm also a board member of the Michigan High School Soccer Coaches Association. Um, so I'm a uh, I'm definitely busy. I'm definitely all in on uh, on soccer. Yeah, that's awesome. I, uh, I I I feel likewise. But you're doing it at such an awesome level. Can what can you tell me about the uh, Michigan High School Coaching Association? I, I hadn't heard too much about that before. Um, we had spoke. Uh, what does that? Uh, what is the uh, goals of that? And what all does the the being on the board entail? So I think the biggest thing that you probably have heard about is the like all state players, uh, Mr. Soccer, Mrs. Soccer, Dream Team. Um, we help facilitate that. Um, we also help with um, a bit of the rankings. You know, obviously there's NPR now uh, in high school soccer, so that helps us with the rankings. We put on a banquet for the boys and girls, uh, all state first team all state players. Um, we do a coaches clinic in the winter every year. Um, you know, and we are, you know, we're continually talking to the state, um, and just about how to improve high school soccer on the boys and girls side. And we just kind of try to represent, um, you know, our coaches and, and get the kids and the, the players and the team, some, some recognition. Um, so we're doing a lot of, doing a lot of good stuff right now. Um, you know, we're just trying to make it a really good experience for these kids and, and have them be, <clears throat> excuse me, be recognized. That's a, a wide variety of uh, notable things. I it's funny. I I had no idea where the the Mister and Mrs. Sackers uh, originated from. You said some about uh, improvements to uh, high school soccer. What, what what are some of your goals in for that direction? Um, we've been you know we've been talking about the state. Uh, you know as you know now there's seeding. Um, you know the one and the two seed get seeded in the district, trying to keep you know, the best two teams in district from playing each other in the first round. Um, so we worked with the state on adapting the, the NPR, which um, I believe basketball and lacrosse had used before us. Um, so we're trying to just trying to improve that. Obviously, there's some, you know, really good districts in our area and in the Grand Rapids area and the, and the Kalamazoo area. And a lot of those good teams are seeing each other, you know, first round of, of district tournament play. Um, so that's, that was one thing, um, you know, we're constantly going over, you know, some of the, the rules and regulations and just trying to tweak things and, and just make it a, make it a good, good season for those kids. It's, it's obviously cram packed, you know, 18 games in, in three months is, is difficult. So just make it a, you know, safe, good environment for the kids. It seems to be a theme, um, <laughs> when I do interviews like this, that we talk about scheduling, but is there any, uh, momentum, uh, towards like, if we're playing year round to like space it out and like not try to do so much in like three month increments? Um, I think for the high school, it really comes down to logistics. You know, a lot of schools like Rochester, we just have one turf field. Um, and if you were to have, you know, boys and girls soccer going year round with three teams each. You know, and then you add, you know, lacrosse and football, track and field. I just don't know if, like, logistically it would be possible. I know other states get it done. Um, you know, and the, and the other part of that is, you know, referee shortage right now, um, you know, and, and those type of things. So, you know, would I love for it to happen? Yeah, um, but I don't think it's something that's really, like, logistically realistic for, for a lot of schools out there. One of the positions that you were talking about uh, at the top was college recruitment assistant or specialist. Uh, yeah, one of the coordinators. We have multiple branches at the Jags, um, so we have two two people at the Jags: Holly Hine and, and Josh Oakley, who are our boys and girls college recruitment um, directors. And then we have branches, so we have CW three here on Valley Genesee. Dearborn, Novi, and then we have um, I'm the I'm the CW three coordinator, so I help our our high school age kids just kind of go through the process of you know emails they need to be sending, going to ID camps, just just help them through. A lot of them, you know, don't don't know, so I'm just a, a resource for them. 
And an ID camp, is that, I've heard that uh, term and um, situation before, but is it, what stage of recruitment is that? Um, I think for any kid, it's it's good to go check out as early as a freshman just to see what the college environment's like. Start, you know, networking with some college coaches. Um, the girls and boys are on a little bit different of a timeline. Girls tend to get recruited a little bit earlier than than the boys, but um, I, don't, I don't think it ever hurts to go to a, a college ID camp, you know, in the, the summer of your freshman year, um, just to kind of dip your toe in the water and and see what's about, see if the level makes sense, see if you like the facilities, you know, meet the coaches, meet the boys or the girls that are playing on the team already, um, you know, and then obviously as you start to narrow down your list, they become obviously more and more important. I see. And um, so what um, – you said it was a messy process. Like what are what are some of the things that uh, are, are stumbling blocks in that process? Um, I think it's just there's there's obviously a lot of NCAA rules um, with college coaches being able to communicate with, with players. So it's walking them through like when they're allowed to chat with players. And that varies obviously through every level, D1, D2, D3, NAIA, JUCO. Um, I think it's, you know, drafting emails to coaches before showcases or, or events. Um, it's identifying schools that make sense academically, make sense athletically, make sense location-wise. Um, you know, there's just a lot of information that you learn kind of on the fly. And we we at the Jags are just trying to help help provide that information, help just have just really a resource for people to bounce questions off of or, you know, just try to help get them through, you know, talk to other college coaches, reach out to coaches for them, all of, all of that type of stuff. Just trying to really, you know, get them more and more exposure. More uh, a coaching turn here. So what would you say is uh, um, your style or what, what, what has led to your success as uh, specifically as a coach? Um, I think for me, I've been, I started coaching right after I graduated high school. I had a, a freshman team at, at Rochester High. Um, you know, I was 18. I just graduated a couple months ago and, and took over the team, which was was pretty cool. But I think the biggest thing <laughs> How is, did that happen? You know, Not to interrupt, but how did you manage well, that? Uh, it just happened. There was a vacancy. I was, uh, I was attending Oakland University at the time and kind of just the, the varsity coach asked me if I'd be interested and I was like, yeah, absolutely. Wow. I kind of that's how I kind of got into coaching. So it was a little bit by accident. I didn't go to, you know, I didn't go to college. He asked you. Yeah, he asked me, and it just uh, it just worked out. And it's been I've been coaching high school and club, and then obviously got into the college game ever since. Okay, so 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 right out the gate, uh, college freshman, you're coaching a freshman team, and then where does it go from there? Um, so I was at Rochester for a couple years. Um, a good friend of mine um, got the varsity job at Stony Creek, um, so I went over there and helped him out uh, as like an assistant and a freshman coach. Um, also got the girls' JV job over there. Um, a couple years later, the Avondale varsity job opened, and I got the boys and girls over at Avondale. I was there for six years. Um, moved on from there when the Stony boys job opened up. Um, so I was at Stony for three years with the boys and then been at Rochester for the past two years. Obviously we didn't play in 2020. So last year was really my first year. Um, so that's kind of the, the high school timeline. Um, being, uh, closely tied to Oakland County FC, there's, uh, just, a such a connection between, uh, Stony Creek and uh, the, the the roster of uh, county over the last couple of years. Uh, what was about that uh, that time frame that uh, there were so many talented kids uh, attending Stony Creek High School? Yeah, I uh, I had the the pleasure of coaching uh, Big Mike Mike Melarani. Oh yeah, um, the, the year he won Mister Soccer and. Um, Kevin Buka and Bobby Harris and Chase Insico, all those guys were playing um, Vardar Academy at the time, uh, DJ Hooks as well. But they were very involved in our high school program. They came to games. They'd come to hang out at practice um, and all that stuff. So it was just 
good timing. I, I wish those kids would have played high school. It would have been an incredible high school team. But, um, you know, they went and played in, you know, Fardar Academy, which is one of the best academy boys academy clubs around um, at the time. And they were using it for their, their college pathway. And, and those guys are all really good friends. So I think that's why they're playing together at Oakland County FC. Yeah, uh, they've been uh, inspired. Chase had a, a great season at the back for County this year. And uh, Kevin Buka had some of the best performances uh, I've seen in uh, the purple of County. Um, funnily enough, I didn't realize that uh, I had forgotten about your Stony Creek uh, position. And funnily enough, he is actually uh, scheduled to be the, the guest on this show, too. Uh, we're going to talk uh, U of M with him. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Kevin's a great kid and never played, never played for us, but you know, him and Mike are our best friends and he was around, he'd sit on our bench. Um, just, just really good kid. And obviously he's, he's flourishing at Michigan now. Um, so I'm really proud of what, what he's done and what Mike's done. Yes. Mike Melarani, uh, now the forward at uh, Western Michigan university and an awesome presence, uh, at the front line of, uh, County. Speaking of which, another position after Stony Creek, uh, Lawrence Tech, correct? Yep, I've been the uh, I've been the assistant coach um, under Andy Richards uh, for the past six years at at LTU. So, coming from a person who kind of has uh, little jobs here and there, how how do you manage to organize all of your um, responsibilities of all these uh, soccer positions? Uh, fortunately, Andy is very understanding with me. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Uh, second, like we train during the day. Um, so I can train at LTU and then either go to, go to total to train my Jags teams or, or go to Rochester to train my high school girls in the spring. Um, so it just worked out. And then obviously being, being able to control your schedule helps, um, you know, with, with league games and tournaments and whatnot. Cause I know our LTU schedule about a year, two years in advance. So I can try to work around those type of things. So definitely Andy being flexible, um, you know, spent a lot of time in my car driving places, but uh, it's, it's well worth it. Yeah. Some of the, what are some of the farthest reaches that uh, soccer has taken you? Uh, I mean, I got to go to Tampa here later in uh, with the O threes and the O sixes later here in February uh, we're in we're in we're in Milwaukee in two weekends, um, just kind of all over the place. Obviously, playing in college, I, we traveled a bit, and club teams are, you know, going going places, you know, for tournaments or national league conference games. So, I think Tampa will be my farthest trip, though. Farthest trip, and that's uh for uh, a tournament down there. You said, yeah, that's the uh, national league showcase. Um, it's kind of the end of the end of the season for our, our NLC teams. So we're taking our teams down there, um, at the end of, or start of February. Coming back to the, the, the events of the past weekend, um, you said it was pretty stressful. You know, it was, I mean, it was on a razor thin margin there in that game at the weekend, your, uh, 2003 Jaguars versus a uh, 03 Nationals Union, uh, so, so what was the, how, how did you feel when the, the goal finally went in? Well, if you've seen the video, you've seen me running down the sideline cause the entire club has been texting me, making fun of me about it. But, um, obviously a lot of relief, really excitement. Um, it was a, it was a great, great goal for us. Uh, Reagan had, had come on, actually subbed her in cause she was going to take a penalty for us. You know, I think there was probably five or six minutes left when she subbed in and, she just found herself, you know, arriving late and following up a rebound and put in the back of the net. And the next 45 seconds, I don't really remember what was going on. <laughs> I just remember yelling and screaming and being really excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was an incredible game. I, I had the feeling of – it definitely had the feeling of penalty kicks in it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we had – we had uh, we had our order ready. Um, Samita, our goalkeeper, is excellent um, on PKs, and I mean she was excellent that entire game. But um, you know, penalty kicks are a coin flip. You never know. So to take care of it, and so late in the in the second overtime, we just had to manage the last few minutes and, and get through it. Uh, you said that uh, 
uh, you were you were praising uh, the goaltending and just I only I haven't only really been able to watch it all back yet. Just watching a little bit, and I I did saw save already. Would you say uh, is the level of goalkeeping in these age groups uh, um, getting better, or like where's the level in that position? Yeah, I think anybody that's a goalkeeper in a, a state cup final with the quality of soccer we have in in Michigan is is a is a very good goalkeeper, um, you know. And you know, Samita was excellent. The the Nationals girl was was excellent. Made some big saves as well. It's just. You know, if you can, if you got someone that can keep the the ball out of the back of the net, you're gonna have a chance in in every game, and and she's done that for us this year so far, and and you know, obviously the Nationals goalkeeper um, has done the same to get to to get to where they were at. One thing I, I like to to do on this program is uh, ask passionate soccer folks about their the favorite goal that they've either done themselves or or seen in person. I know that's like it's probably going to be pretty difficult because you, you've obviously taken in a, a whole lot of soccer. But is there a goal that uh, you hold out as like a touchstone moment, dream goal? Yeah, very. That's a very easy answer for me. It was the one that happened Saturday. Really? No way. That's awesome. Yeah, that was the first time I've been into a state cup final um, as a coach, so it was a pretty cool experience for me. Um, obviously, it was a, a huge goal in a in a huge game and. You know, you never know if you'll ever get back to a to a final. Um, so, you know, that goal is is one that I'll I'll remember forever. That's awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Doug Steinard, head coach and state cup winner with the Michigan Jaguars 03, and definitely an individual huge in uh, soccer in Michigan. Thank you so much for spending time, and congratulations on uh, your win. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Robert Kerr here with you with another fantastic guest. He plays midfield for the University of Michigan and also uh, spent his summer of 2021. We're in the purple of Oakland County FC. I'm very excited to have Kevin Buka on the program. Hi, Rob. Thank you so much for having me. How you doing this morning? You've uh, had a busy uh, couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, just got back from a trip from Akron, so um, uh, got my sleep and now uh, ready to tackle the day. So, yeah, I guess, uh, how has your season gone? A highlight came a couple weeks ago, but why don't you tell us how the Akron game went first? Yeah, yeah, Akron, uh, definitely a tough place uh, to go and uh, try to get a result. So um, for us, uh, we knew we wanted to come out with their, out of there with, um, with something, whether that be a win or a point. And um, it was a very hard-fought game, scrappy, uh, uh, grind game. Um, and luckily after double overtime, uh, we, we came out with a point. So, um, to be quite honest, we may have been a little bit unfortunate not to get, um, the win yesterday. Uh, but, um, they're a higher RPI team. Uh, so that'll definitely help our RPI, especially, um, getting a point on the road. So, um, uh, a positive result for us going into, uh, this weekend. You said RPI there. Can you explain what that acronym is and why that's a, a, a important thing? Yeah. So um, the RPI is pretty much uh, an equation um, that uh, ranks teams based on their results at home, away from home. Uh, and really, it's used to, um, it's a factor that gets you into the NCAA tournament at the end of the season. Um, so winning away from home is, uh, one of the best things you could do for your RPI. Getting a result away from home is really great for your RPI. Uh, losing at home is really bad for your RPI. Um, and then if you beat a team that's ahead of you in the RPI, your, your RPI also gets boosted. So at the end of the season, when, um, it's tournament time and, uh, people are winning their, uh, conference tournaments and getting automatic bids into the NCAA tournament. Um, the other teams that don't win their conference tournaments are, usually chosen um, based on uh, a few factors, but RPI is definitely uh, definitely an important one. So the higher the RPI you are, um, the better your chance to uh, to uh, keep dancing at the end of the season. I said you guys uh, 
were real busy because you had a big, big home game uh, on Friday night, right? Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, we played Wisconsin um, on Friday and then um, got the result there and uh, day off, uh, hit the road on Sunday. So how how is the, how was the recovery process uh, doing a, uh, a, a Friday-Monday routine? Yeah, I'd say um, Friday-Monday is even – usually even less time than we usually have between games uh, in a college season. So um, I'd say the college season is, is very tough because of um, the back to get back to back games that um, we have. So we usually play uh, once every four days and um, recovery becomes so important. And uh, the biggest thing that uh, it's a little bit tough to, to deal with is that you don't actually um, really get to train as much as you'd like. It's more, it's a bigger focus on recovery. And then um, the day before the game, you're obviously not not doing a full session, uh, just uh, getting touches uh, to feel sharp going into the, the match the next day. So um, it's definitely uh, something tough to deal with. So where does um, most of the time um, that, that team building and training, does, is that all kind of preseason work? And then you just kind of base um, your your season on the that the preseason work you do or is that yeah, the bedrock think, kind um, of of the season uh it definitely it definitely builds the foundation but i would say um the team building and the camaraderie uh never stops building and that's something that um i think is really important for the success of a team because uh if you just base um base your season off of what you can accomplish in preseason um that's a very short window of time usually less than two weeks where you're actually um, training uh, the full squad uh, and getting ready um, for for games that are going to come at you fast in the season. So um, the team building and the camaraderie goes um, far uh, outside the field. And I think that's one of the most important parts about um, keeping a strong team while not necessarily being able to include all the players you want to include in every match. If, if, you, if much of your time together between games is recovering um where i guess where does the foundation of the the tactical side or the uh um the instruction come yeah so um there's we always uh find a way to um build it into those uh those recovery days so um obviously the um our principles and our style of play are really um uh displayed to us in preseason and um our mission of what we want to accomplish and um, the way we're going to go about it, like our tactics, um, that's that's in preseason. Um, but built into these recovery days, we'll have um, on-field walkthroughs of um, going through uh, opponents um, and how they may set up against us um, in our next game. So um, the the tactical uh, knowledge and the tactical education um, really is an ongoing process throughout the entire season. And this is your senior year, correct? Yep, yep. This is my senior year. Is this the, the the most playing time that you've received um, during your time at U of M? Um, yeah, I would say um, I would say this season and last season have uh, have definitely been um, a step up in playing time for me and a step up that I've loved and embraced. And um, it's definitely something I've worked hard uh, toward earning. Um, but by no means am I um, satisfied and settled. I I want to keep uh, I want to keep playing. Keep. Um, earning my spot and um, uh, keep helping the team. So, uh, besides your uh, dynamism on the ball and uh, strength, uh, your uh, will to push on is clear when um, I've ever seen you play. Um, Thank you. And uh, your hard work and perseverance and uh, that ability and um, your selection really paid off. You were the first Wolverine to score a hat trick in. Six years, a couple weeks ago. Tell us about that day. Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, that was uh, an awesome experience and something that'll that'll definitely stick with me for um, for the rest of my life. Uh, yeah, we were coming off of um, a few uh, a few tough games, particularly um, one against Notre Dame during um, during the week. Um, that was a tough game. Just uh, uh, elements were against us, and um, just uh, didn't really feel like we were getting things right at the moment. So. Um, we knew that the next uh, the next game, which was Northwestern, um, over the weekend was an important one for us just to get our season um, back on track. 
uh, and to make sure we put out a perform a team performance um, that we could be proud of and that we could build upon. So um, going into the game, uh, the entire team had had that same mindset, and I think that's what um, really helped us uh, get on the score sheet um, early. I think it was uh, within the first two minutes. Um, I I got a ball uh, across from Evan and um, got my head on it before uh, the goalkeeper uh, could reach it. So um, great. Always a, a positive start to the game when you can get on the score sheet early. Um, and then um, as the game went on, we just uh, kept feeding off of the confidence that we were building. Um, and then before halftime, uh, the second one went in, um, a long ball over the top that um, I was able to get on the end off of from uh, Ryan Schultz. Um, and uh, from there, we went into halftime and um, we knew that we couldn't stop because we've been in that position before when we had a good half and came in the second half uh, and things turned against us a little bit. So we knew we had to uh, keep pushing um, after halftime. Uh, so we came out just uh, just as strong as we did in the first half. Um, and uh, there was a long, long ball switch to the, uh, the left side. Um, and then it found its way uh, to me. I laid it off to Mark uh, and Mark gave it back to me and um, took a left footed shot that found its way into the corner from outside the 18. So um, definitely uh, three great moments that I'm really proud of and um, that I'll use uh, to fuel me for um, the rest of the season moving forward. That was pretty awesome. Uh, congratulations on uh, that uh, momentous day. Yeah, but you. I got to ask, <laughs> I've never seen a knee slide that, like that before. Uh, walk us through what, what happened. You, you seem to sink into the grass there. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's uh, definitely been an interesting uh, interesting year. Um, we found that the fields that we've played on, not only at home, our, our home field is usually uh, immaculate. And I think uh, considering the the weather that we've been having, um, our grounds crew uh, do an amazing job. Um, and I would just say that the the fields are a little bit softer uh, than usual at this point. So yeah, maybe I, I definitely sank in a little bit more, but um, nothing against the the grounds crew. I, I apologize for the um, the mark I made in, in that instance. So those are just two knee marks when you got up in, in the ground? Because you went to slide and it just like just went down. It's not like mud where it slid or anything. It just went straight down. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, so, okay. So yeah, we, we have had, uh, kind of, um, this year's kind of, we've had kind of a tropical, uh, like rainforest sort of, uh, cycle of weather in 2021. It, it seems like, um, on the show this week also is Doug Steiner, which I didn't realize the connection, the Stony Creek connection uh, with you guys, and uh, he just won a state cup title. Um, you were a four-year Vardar player. Do you call yourself a Vardar Academy grad? But uh, yes or no, and then uh, do you have what are uh, some some stories from the state cup you had in your time? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I guess yeah, I would call myself a, a Vardar Academy grad. Um, so obviously playing uh, uh, for. Vardar Academy couldn't um, really play state cup. So um, I didn't play in state cup uh, while I was in high school. Um, I did have uh, two runs at it when I was uh, in middle school. Um, one was actually for RSC um, with uh, coach, uh, coach Toddy um, and uh, big Mike Melarani. Um, we were on that same team together. So that was a, a lasting memory. And we actually made it to the uh, the final of uh, that was the junior state cup at that point because we were still uh, I think a year too young to play in the official state cup. So uh, we were finalists that year. It was uh, um, a great experience, an awesome run to uh, uh, I think that year the finals were held in uh, Grand Rapids. So um, that was a cool experience. And then the following year when I made the switch over to Vardar, um, with uh, I was playing with Morris Lupinek, um, uh, my head coach, and. Uh, that was the um, full state cup. And again, we were finalists, uh, made it to uh, the finals in Saginaw to play against uh, a Waza team that ended up going to uh, win uh, nationals. Um, so that was uh, another great experience. Unfortunately, that we um, we couldn't get the uh, the win in uh, in that instance, but um, great experience nonetheless. Yeah, I imagine that sounds like uh, a great fun. And then so um, you referenced uh, Big Mike Malarani. You guys got to play together in middle school, but uh, it was a long time between uh, being on the same team, wasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, I've actually I played with Mike since I was, I don't know, I think nine years old. Um, and uh, obviously we went to the same high school and um, we were always training together. Um, he he took the the high school route and um, obviously succeeded tremendous tremendously there. Um, and we just continued to train and um, different opportunities came our way and uh, we took them and it was really awesome to uh, get the opportunity to come back together um, over the past few summers to uh, continue training and uh, playing on the same team. So uh, I know it's something that we both um, look forward to every year and it's always nice uh, to get back together with um, familiar players that you have a lot in common with. Yeah, playing with friends uh, takes it to a whole nother level. You, I mean, um, what can you say? You, you and Mike got to hit the field a few times for Oakland County FC. Um, what are some, some of your best uh, memories linking up with him in purple? Yeah, yeah, I think um, uh, this past season was uh, was definitely a, a great experience being able to play like almost a full season. Um, so w- the one that really sticks out to me is the, uh, the Kalamazoo game um, that we played at home in Clawson. Um, it was a three-two uh, win. Uh, we went down twice in the first half, and um, we were both uh, both able to get on the score sheet. Um, he eventually scored the winner to make it three-two in the second half, and I think I tied the game at two-two. Uh, um, but it was uh, it was just an awesome experience, especially um, with the weather that was coming in. It was um, really almost a uh, a poetic game um, with the weather. Uh, the rain and um the the elements against us and obviously Kalamazoo were top of the table at that point so um getting a win against them was uh was big for our season and um a great experience yeah that probably was the highlight of the season it was yeah rain where you could barely see across uh the stadium and then uh that epic uh belly slide from Mike into the corner that was probably the the picture of the year uh him sliding face first into the camera in the far corner. I, I know exactly. Um, and I believe we about. were the only team that beat Kalamazoo this year too. Yeah, yeah, we um, we were undefeated against them actually, a win and a, and a tie. So um, that was a good good result from us against a top team. Yeah. So my time watching with uh, I've I've seen a U of M on um, you know streams, but seen you. A, a good few times now. Um, some of the best performances I've seen in a county shirt. Um, and I, I referenced it earlier. You're uh, wildly uh, strong on the ball. Your uh, stature is smaller than most of the players uh, that you surround. But uh, you seem to be able to um, use your body and your 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 feet to um, your, your the, the the fullest. And you you just keep on driving harder and harder, even if you're getting kicked down. Um, what, what can you say to players that are uh, learning that skill? Because you, you use uh, your frame to the, the, for the fullest to box out. And I feel like, is that something that you've been taught or is that like a, a natural ability where you've learned to use your body like that? Yeah, it's um, I'd say it's a, uh, it's a little bit of both. Um, I, I've definitely had some, uh, some really great coaches uh, throughout my youth career that um, they were also of smaller stature um, that uh, they gave me a lot of pointers and a lot of advice to, um, about playing with, uh, with bigger, faster, stronger players. So, um, it's, uh, it's something that you are taught, but it's also something that you have to, uh, um, experience for yourself. I remember, um, there was a time when I was, I don't know, maybe 13 or 14, when I was really struggling with the, uh, with the difference in, um, in athleticism and physicality. And, um, I just, uh, it was just really important for me to, to stick with it and, um, keep trusting my ability and, um, trying to keep confidence uh, in myself. Um, and at the end of the day, it really just comes down to playing to your strength. So um, taking my physicality out of um, the equation is uh, the best way for me to succeed. So if I can uh, think a little bit ahead of uh, the opponents um, when I have the ball at my feet to pick the, the right pass at the right time or um, to make the move at um, the right time, um, that's what um, will really help me um, at the end of the day to succeed, um, despite my, uh, smaller stature. Yeah. There was a game or two, uh, in the USL two season where it, it didn't seem like they, they couldn't get a, a touch on you cause your footwork, um, uh, what can you say? When did, uh, your, 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 your footwork really, uh, come along? Was that something that like, did you have the ball 
at your feet when you were a small, small child? Was it something that just you put the work in like as a teenager? Um, yeah, just like uh, what 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 stage of development? What were the, the important things about learning uh, that, that impressive technical footwork? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, um, uh, as you mentioned, uh, having uh, starting out when you're really young and also putting in the work, I think it has to be um, a mixture of both. Uh, natural talent is only going to take you so far um, and the rest of it has to be hard work. So um, I definitely uh, started very early. I think I was four years old when um, I started playing and um, I was really obsessed with uh, with the sport and um, I always had a ball at my feet, whether that be like a tennis ball um, or a mini soccer ball um, when I was just walking around the house doing doing chores uh, when I was really young. So um, and that that all builds up um, every day that you do it, you're you are getting better. And um, but that's definitely not enough uh, to build um, your skills. So um, I think I was really lucky to have um, amazing youth coaches that really valued um, technical ability um, to uh, uh, to develop their players at that young age, rather than focusing on, um, let's say, fitness, for example, um, or tactics when when we're so young and uh, maybe can't absorb all that material. Um, at that point, the main focus was to develop uh, technical skills, and that's something that I really enjoyed working on when I was young. So um, I really liked those uh, those coaches and those sessions. But um, as I got older. I did notice that um, the focus did start to become more on fitness and more on tactics. And that's really when um, uh, the responsibility comes on to uh, uh, myself or um, other players individually to go out on their own time and um, work on their technical ability. And whether that's doing extra sessions with, uh, with technical coaches, like at a uh, next level training or um, getting together with, uh, with some friends, like I always did with Mike and with Bobby um, to go go to the field and uh, get some extra touches. I think um, the culmination of all those things really builds up and has helped me uh, get to where I am today. Uh, it's a great segue. You referenced next level training, and I actually interviewed uh, Coach Aaron Bird um, earlier in the summer, and he told me um, a little about, about your path to University of Michigan, which I didn't realize um, that you started out as a manager? Uh, yeah, so um, that, yeah, I guess uh, that was uh, essentially um, what I was going to start out. So um, when I committed, I committed under the uh, um, the caveat that I may not be included um, in my fall season as a freshman um, due to uh, roster limitations. Um, so uh, I guess when I when I committed, I knew that in the back of my head, but I always hoped that somehow um, there would be a spot that would open up so that I could uh, participate in my uh, freshman uh, fall season, which would be my first college season. Um, so I think it was uh, two weeks before preseason uh, started, uh, before my freshman year, I was actually in a, a cast on my right hand for a wrist surgery that I uh, got. And then um, I was also in a cast in my right foot. So two casts at the same time, uh, for, <laughs> for a broken ankle. And, um, obviously when, uh, when the coaches, uh, uh, learned about that, they, they weren't thrilled, but, um, I ensured them that, um, I'd work as hard as possible to, uh, uh, do my rehab, do my physical therapy and be prepared if I, if I get called upon, um, before the season starts. And, uh, like I said, two weeks before, um, preseason, uh, Coach Daly gave me uh, gave me a call um, that uh, a roster spot opened up for me and that I would be included um, in the fall rather than having to wait until uh, the winter uh, to join the team. So um, that was definitely one of the uh, the happiest days of my life, knowing that um, I'd be able to represent um, such uh, such an amazing school and program uh, from the start of my uh, college experience. So. Um, definitely something that lasts for me and definitely something that um, that really humbles me that uh, you can start from anywhere and get um, anywhere throughout your journey. That's awesome. That's a, a an inspiring tale. And I, I guess I brought that up because I was so surprised because uh, uh, obviously I, I enjoy uh, your game and I was surprised that uh, you didn't jump off the, the page for uh, a, a collegiate team that uh, it, it wouldn't be a doubt that you'd make a squad. 
Yeah, I would say um, it's uh, it's definitely the college game is uh is very different um, than I would say academy, um, even uh, even uh, professional soccer in the in the U.S. It's much more based on um, physicality and athleticism and um, uh, including more players. It's uh, obviously there's the sub rule and I think the po- the purpose behind that is um, to keep players fresh and to keep the game. Um, very fast and very lively Um, and it seems like um, every time we're out there it's always a always a battle Um, and that's something that needs to get used to and um, looking from the outside at uh, some academy players it might be hard to identify um, smaller players who are up to that challenge um, in the college game so um, yeah I I definitely was um, uh, slightly under recruited um, as an academy player, but um, I knew that uh, finding the right fit was um, was the most important thing rather than having um, so many options uh, to choose from. It was just about having uh, the right option. So what is that? Uh, so, so, so you'd say the academy system is, is more uh, technical based. So wh- how, how do play- most players make that uh, transition? Yeah, I would say um, uh, it's it's definitely a harsh uh, transition coming out of academy um, straight into uh, the college game, and I think that's uh, one reason why um, the uh, the college eligibility rules allow for um, five years uh, of eligibility, five years to complete your um, your four years of competition. Um, and that's because sometimes it takes a full year to get used to um, the practice schedule and the intensity of the practices, um, the uh, physical demands of a college season. It's uh, definitely something that um, takes some time to get used to. And um, some players obviously adapt uh, quicker than others, but nonetheless, it's it's a pretty harsh transition. And um, I think it's just the the emphasis on um, athleticism and physicality is much more prominent in uh, in the college game. The USL League Two, where does that balance as far as physical and technical? I would say slightly more more technical. Um, obviously, um, it's all mainly college players that play in it. Um, I would say in the summertime, though, um, people maybe um, are a little uh, more reluctant to really put in the the defensive effort, which allows for more time on the ball. Uh, more time to use your technical ability, and it's not necessarily um, as fast-paced as a um, uh, college game. So um, while there are uh, the physical aspect is definitely uh, still present in the USL, um, I think it does allow for uh, more technical players to succeed. There's uh, less collisions. Um, I don't know if I would say less collisions. I, I can think of a few collisions that I had uh, over the past few uh, summers, but um, definitely a, um, an, a step down from uh, from the college uh, physicality, I would say. Yeah, well, that's one of the, the things I uh, admire about your game is the fact that you'll dance around one player, <laughs> kind of get hacked down by the next over and over and over again, um, and you press on. <laughs> I guess uh, that how do you get that tenacity? Yeah, it's just uh, at this point, it's just um, something that um, I've I've battled for uh, my whole career up to this point, and um, something I'm almost used to. Um, obviously, I, I try to avoid the situations where um, uh, I'm getting uh, kicked or, or knocked down, um, because that's obviously uh, injury prevention is um, something that I'm always uh, mindful of, but. Um, using, I think, um, using my body to, uh, put myself between the player and the ball, um, helps me, uh, not only get around them, but, um, if they do, uh, foul me, it, it helps me draw the foul. So, um, I think, uh, learning how to, uh, how to play against those bigger, uh, and stronger players is, is what's really helped me, um, succeed. You mentioned earlier when we were talking about kind of the origins of um, you learning soccer. Uh, what, what what sparked that interest at the beginning? Yeah, that was um, it was definitely uh, my my dad. Um, so both my parents um, uh, grew up in Romania, 
um, and they immigrated here in uh, 1995. And uh, my dad played soccer for um, as long as uh, as long as he can remember. Um, he still still plays uh, to this day, uh, just for fun. Um, but uh, he was always a, a big inspiration to me, um, uh, especially in terms of uh, in terms of soccer and um, chasing uh, after um, your dreams and um, I think uh, he wasn't necessarily afforded um, all the opportunities that uh, maybe he deserved. Um, definitely not afforded the opportunities that um, I was able um, uh, to take uh, growing up. So um, I'm really grateful for the sacrifice my parents uh, made to um, uh, bring my family like where we are today and um, give me the opportunity, uh, the amazing opportunities I've had from uh, from soccer. Um, to succeed and um, continue uh, fueling my passion. You mentioned your dad played as, as long as he can remember and still plays now. Uh, how long do you want to play soccer? Yeah, it's uh, it's something that um, I've been thinking about uh, a lot um, lately, especially um, as uh, my um, my time in, uh, in college soccer is starting uh, to come to um, the, the tail end. Um, I am uh, going to take, uh, uh, the COVID year that the NCA has given us, uh, next year. So I'll be returning to, uh, the university of Michigan, um, start a master's degree and, uh, uh, continue playing for one more season, um, at the college level. Um, after that, um, I still, still trying to figure out which, uh, which path I want to take, whether, um, I want to, uh, use my degree, um, to, uh, join the workforce or, um, whether I want to, uh, um, go all the way and, uh, take a stab at, uh, playing professionally. Um, so, um, definitely still trying to, trying to figure it out, but, um, continue playing is definitely on my mind for sure. That's awesome. I, that I'm, makes me happy to hear that you're, 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 you're planning to continue and it's definitely in, uh, your thoughts. Um, question from the OCFC fan chat, uh, Super fan Luke asks if uh, you're coming back to OCFC next year, or going straight to the EPL. Ah, <laughs> uh, Luke, really appreciate that uh, that question. Um, not sure the the EPL is is on the table at the moment, uh, but definitely <laughs> keeping uh, keeping that avenue open. Um, but no, I would say uh, not not exactly sure um, what I'm doing next summer yet in terms of uh, uh, working um, and and playing soccer, but. Um, I had a, a great time at um, OCFC uh, last summer, um, and it's uh, definitely um, something um, I would look forward to um, uh, next summer if uh, if I have um, the the opportunity and the flexibility in my schedule. Yeah, yeah, you, you'll 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 keep your ear out just in case, right? <laughs> yeah, essentially. One thing I love to ask passionate soccer people, such as yourself, what is the best goal you've either seen in person or? If- you've scored yourself. Hmm. Uh, that is a tough question. Um, there are definitely, if you need a minute to, 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 to percolate on that, that's fine. Just a general, uh, just soccer person question. What do you make of, uh, the qualification attempts of, um, United States soccer right now? I, that's something that's been more fun to talk about recently. I think it's very exciting to see, the different options in the uh, the U.S. Uh, national team squad, um, and just the depth of the squad, and um, the different uh, players that um, uh, Coach Burhalter can uh, can put out um, uh, for for a match, and um, I think that's really exciting because it, it goes to show the evolution of U.S. soccer over um, the last uh, the last few years since the last um, go at World Cup qualifying, and um, I think. Uh, um, as, as an uh, avid soccer, U.S. soccer fan, um, I always talk about it with uh, with my teammates um, that we're we're really excited for um, what the the national team could accomplish, um, uh, not only in the World Cup qualifying, but hopefully in the World Cup and uh, moving forward. So, yeah, the four or five years ago when the failed attempt happened, that that was some pretty um, rough soccer and a you know, overage team. And then there's that whole age group that really doesn't have any contributors that, that 25 to 30 year old range mm-hmm. for whatever reason was a uh, development black hole. And um, 
yeah, when the, the, that top line of players is out, it's a uh, there. There's a dynamism that we we haven't seen, and more than just one player being dynamic at the at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I definitely agree with that. And then if we have those outside backs plus Pulisic and Reyna, that hopefully we can get it to where Pulisic doesn't feel uh, like he has to do it all. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh that that would that's the goal, and um, having uh, multiple contributors. Um, is is huge um, to keep uh, the morale in a squad high and to know that um, the creativity and the goals can come from anywhere, not necessarily just one one player. Uh, we talked about your hat trick earlier, and I've bought you enough time. Can you answer that question now about your uh, dream goal? And it could even be a hypothetical. I'll give you that caveat too. If you can't pick out one that you saw or you did, what, what what's a one that you, like your boyhood dream goal, if that's easier to answer? Uh, boyhood dream goal. Um, I would say, uh, it's, it's always been, um, I've always had a desire to score a, uh, a long distance, um, goal, like from half field where maybe you catch uh, the goalkeeper off his line. Um, and, um, you just, uh, see it early and, um, a nice long, uh, long shot over the, over the keeper into the back of the net from, uh, from a huge distance. And, uh, I'd say um, when I was in uh, playing um, for Vardar Academy, um, I had one that wasn't quite um, halfway, but um, I had a left-footed um, half volley uh, that caught the goalkeeper out from uh, from some distance, and um, that was uh, that's one goal that really sticks out to me, um, especially coming in uh, uh, the academy playoffs um, in my U16 year. So. Um, I would like to have a, a long distance uh, chip goal. I would say, yeah, those are always fun. That one in the Euros uh, was that against Scotland? Was it Poland versus Scotland? I think. might have been a uh, Czech Republic. Uh, Patrick Schick, I think. Yes, yes, yes. Good memory. Good memory. That was uh, an unbelievable one. Yep. Seeing the goalie yeah. clatter into the net it takes it to a whole other level, uh, too. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. <laughs> Bringing it back to the here and now. One of the things that um, the summer season has kind of uh, put it in perspective of kind of, well, obviously you have a plan and you've been setting goals and attaining them in your soccer career and your education. Um, obviously, we, we haven't touched on it much, but uh, you, you won a, an academic award too last year, right? Yeah, yeah, I uh, won uh, the Bates Deskins um, Award uh, from the University of Michigan, awarded to uh, the top uh, junior um, student acad- um, student athlete um, for uh, academics and um, athletic performance. Uh, so, um, yeah, I was uh, really humbled to receive that award, um, especially uh, after all the work I uh, I put in um, to stay uh, on top in the classroom and to um, make my mark uh, on the field as well. So, you, lot very planned out, and I, in my mind, studies and education is almost like a long term. Th- thought process but also in the moment but with the while well, i was getting to the summer season you got to really appreciate each day i mean we lost the season and then just the season's so short and compact like um you really live in the moment and match to match like how do you balance that uh like long-term visions but uh living within the moment to put together those amazing performances yeah i think um it's always uh um I want to say almost like a, a refreshing, uh, a refreshing time period, the summer, um, being able to, uh, um, disconnect, um, from school and, um, kind of the, the hustle and bustle from, uh, from studying and, um, getting your work done and, um, learning material while also trying to, um, uh, perform athletically on the field. Um, in the summer, it's, it's a quite, quite a different dynamic where you can really, uh, focus on just, um, improving and, um, building relationships with new players and new coaches, um, or rekindling relationships with, uh, with old friends, um, uh, on the field. So, um, the summer is definitely always a time that I look forward to. And, um, it's always, uh, always nice, um, taking a step, uh, a step away from, um, environments that, um, you're, you're really comfortable in, um, like, um, here at Michigan. Um, but then, by the time uh, the summer is coming to a close, uh, I can't wait to get to get back here in Ann Arbor and um, uh, to work toward uh, toward uh, championships with uh, with the team here. So back to the here and now to the uh, Big Ten season. Um, 
what's the the team's outlook for the rest of the year and when, when does it really get to like uh tournament time like what's the, the what does it look like from the what's the run-in yeah yeah so um right now uh we're i think we're at a four-way tie for third place um in the big 10 so um we have uh two games left um this uh this friday against rutgers and on tuesday against ohio state um so um at this point we're um we're hoping uh to um get a, a home uh first round game in the tournament so we need to uh finish top four but we're just taking it game by game um and uh we're focused on three points on friday um against rutgers um to put us uh in a position where um we're top half of the table and we don't have to uh to travel um during the first round um of the tournament so um we also know that these these games are um still uh building our resume for the nca tournament um later on in in november um so we're we're definitely looking um at a few uh possible uh different seasons um ahead of us uh coming up wow well best of luck to you and your michigan wolverines kevin buka midfielder for the university of michigan thank you so much for your time and thoughtful answers and joining the michigan soccer central podcast Thank you so much for having me, Rob. Um, really appreciate uh, the time and, uh, and your questions. That almost does it for this week's edition of Michigan Soccer Central. I hope you enjoyed the interviews with Kevin Buka and Doug Steinard, uh, some awesome high-achieving folks with insightful answers this week. Uh, really uh, appreciate them and thank them for their time remind you about we are soccer michigan soccer central team of the week send your submissions in there's so much soccer going on we love getting those nominations and uh it really adds to the debate of the uh we are soccer michigan soccer central uh chat we really enjoy having a a debate about all these great teams and we really enjoy celebrating and shining a light on these teams across michigan um, check out the MSYSA YouTube if you want to check out any of those 12 uh, State Cup Finals matches. Uh, Michigan Soccer Central was on the commentary. Josh Hakala was on all the games on the Dome. I was on the games in the Fieldhouse. Luckily, I got to stay a little bit warmer. Uh, and especially big thanks to Conrado and the guys. They took really good care of us uh, putting together the production out there in Brighton. And uh, thanks to Josh for getting me in on that. That was a great experience, and there was some awesome soccer on the way. So, yeah, there's uh, channels or playlists, rather, on the MSYSA YouTube channel. Um, Thanks to Jenny for editing, as always. Thanks to Dan Catranza for the music he made so long ago. And thanks to Brooks, Dan, and all the uh, Michigan Soccer Central contributors that uh, help make the show rich with uh, Great Lakes soccer content. Until next week, once again, enjoy your soccer. Enjoy your soccer.